Good day, gents, and welcome to another episode of Father's Fire. My name's Tony Cedric, and every week we get together to explore the joys, the challenges, the triumphs, the sorrows, and yes, the fun of being a dad. In fact, I'm wearing my uh, volleyball dad shirt from the state volleyball championship, so I've been reminiscing a little bit this morning because it's a little cooler here in Idaho, and I'm like, man, I'm not ready for the cool weather, but I'm like, all right, I can put on this cool shirt. It'll remind me of my daughter and all those fun days watching volleyball. So, uh, but yeah, life can be throw you some major curves, but it also can be major fun. And as you guys know, every week we get together and try to explore stories of fatherhood. We bring together men who are trying to be great fathers and all with the intention of helping us be better men, better fathers, better husbands, better partners, and just try to have an impact on these little men and little ladies' lives that we've been entrusted to be their dad. And I have a phenomenal guest this week, but before we get into that, I just want to remind you that I'm part of the Speak Fire family. Every week, all the men and women that are part of the crew uh, we get together and uh, host a number of podcasts to help you guys be the best versions of yourself. And also got to give a shout out to uh, Rethinking Rich, who's a big supporter of the podcast. I got you. It's coming. Are you ready to ignite the fire? We are Speak Fire. Oh, and by the way, that's fire with a Y. What's going on, everyone? Internal fire. Student fire. Young fire. Father's fire. Leadership fire. Champion fire. (laughs) (laughs) Unlocking the fire within. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's grow. Speak fire. Speakfire.com. Speak fire with a Y. We have a new episode that comes out every Monday at 4 a.m. Are you going to be up with us? Deuces. This your boy Jay Gibson, CEO and founder of Rethink Rich Academy, Rethink Rich Incorporated, with a new face of finance. Get used to it. And I just want to tell you guys, if you're looking for elite financial training and coaching, but not just about investment, to help your whole life, I want you to go to RethinkRichAcademy.com. We are doing free training right now for the entire year of 2020. So join me on Facebook at Rethink Rich Academy and follow me on social at Rethink Rich. I want to introduce you guys to my new friend, Danny Vandenbark. Uh, He and I actually connected on TikTok via, well, TikTok and then Instagram. And uh, he had this charming little post with his son. And I'm like, man, I got to reach out there. And uh, it just cracked me up because, (laughs) welcome, Danny, first of all. Thank you. (laughs) So, It just cracked me up. You're sitting in a pool and your son's like on the edge of the pool wanting to jump in, but he's doing the little dance where he's got to go to the bathroom. And you're like, are you sure you don't want to go to the bathroom first? Right. How many times have I watched him do that? And I'm like, how many times have we done that as our, as, when we were little stand there? Like I gotta be, I gotta be, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> just go pee. And I was like, no, I want to jump in. I want to play. <laughs> the water will be here in 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, but man, when you're a kid, man, it's it's all about the moment, man. It's like all right about the now. <laughs> yep, that's that's a phrase we use it with him a lot. All about the now. <laughs> all about the now. So, so you have you your son, uh, you and your partner adopted him. 
Uh-huh. And so let's talk about, I think that's, you know, Judy and I, we've adopted two kids. We had four, as many of you guys know. And then we just felt the impression that we needed to bring two children home. And I probably should share that story in entirety of how that came about one time. But yeah, we've been blessed with two two adopted kids from Haiti and they've been in our home almost 11 years. So 10 and a half years and it has been a journey. So let's talk about your your decision to be a dad and, and adopt a beautiful son. Yeah, I mean, we rewind that clock to 2010. Uh, my now ex and I were sitting in the house and he had picked up on something I had said in a casual conversation about kids. And uh, I was working at the counter and he goes, uh, were you serious about wanting kids? And I'm like, well, yeah, it's just never kind of been, the, the, the opportunity hasn't really ever presented itself, financially, stability, all of that stuff as a young person. And he said, what if we maybe looked into that? And so we started the discussion of going to in vitro or adoption. Um, he had an adopted brother, so his family had, and, and it was not an easy process for them. The, the, his brother had been in and out of the system got very damaged and had a very, very rough, rough life. And it ended tragically in a, in a heroin overdose. Mm. Um, and so that was a horrible thing for them. So anyway, they had, they had that PTSD, if you will, as the family to go through that. Um, and that's when he researched further and kudos to him for that research. He's usually pretty good at that. Uh, he found open adoption as one of the options and when we started to learn about that, uh, the possibility of you know getting a newborn through the agency we went through, we liked that. We would have kind of the uh, the the full ability to love this child as much as we could from the get go, and and then as we learned open adoption, they you know we we talk openly about the adoption from the beginning. They have contact to one or both of the birth parents, uh, assuming that's the way it is. That's why we sign up for it. And, you know, the child then grows up kind of knowing that they weren't abandoned because we all suffer, I think, from abandonment issues so too often. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know what, that is a significant struggle for adopting families is, and for children is even, you know, what's interesting is a child can even feel abandonment um, even in vitro. Right. Because what I've learned is that through the process, those women that have unwanted children, what's interesting is, is that most pregnant women, when they're carrying their child in their belly, they tend to put their hands under the belly and then kind of caress it, pulling it towards their heart versus mothers that have an unwanted child have the tendency to push down. And that, you know, the child feels that, that unwanting feeling of the mother. And so even a, a very tiny baby can have those same type of abandonment, abandonment issues as you're bringing them into your home. It is. And it's one of the things I struggle with. So we sort of in our pre-chat talked on in vitro and I have a few different feelings on it. I don't say them to offend anybody who's listening to this cast um, they're my opinions, my understandings, and I'm willing to, you know, have those changed at any time. So it's, it's not a disrespect to anybody. However, um, 
I do struggle with how in vitro has become such an integral part of our baby making experience in this modern life. Hmm. There's, I, I was raised Roman Catholic Christian, you know, on the farmlands of Colorado. And it was always about playing God, playing God, don't play God, you know, let God be God. And I'm sitting here always kind of laughing in my new spiritual life here in Southern California, but of like, where did this playing God thing go from to, you know, it's just like, here we are constantly trying to manipulate nature and God, if you will, whatever your belief in, in the whole realm is. I don't know. I struggle with it. And I actually didn't know about the uh, stroking downward versus upward uh, of the mommy's belly, you know, for an abandonment source. But I, who, I think humans fail to realize how integral and detailed every action we do is, you know, get all sciencey. I've been enjoying um, Will Smith's uh, crazy planet on Netflix. And he talks about it. You know, they take the astronauts viewing earth from space and it is that macro view when we can kind of look into uh, the world and see how detailed and everything, uh, how everything ties together your point to that uh, a mother connection to the baby, to the fetus is remarkable. And I don't think we have even the beginnings of the understanding of what's going on. So, so, you know, now you're an adopted dad, you know, and you recognize that, you know, that child has been brought to your home different than the traditional way. Right. So what have you done to really try to create that bond with your son because you have this open adoption so he's aware that he was adopted he's aware that he has you know biological parents which i'm assuming he's communicating with on some level and so you're you know you're really working in a very creative way in my view of saying look we've brought you into your home i'm so happy to be your dad i'm so happy to have you as my son it's just you, we were blessed to bring you into our home in a different way than is traditional. So funny you would say it as you did uh, this morning after breakfast and I was putting the dishes away into the dishwasher and we were actually having this conversation again about his birth father, his birth mother and why he came to Papa and myself. Um, if you dig around in my Instagram stories, you'll also find a bedtime story under the bedtime story category uh we've always told him the same bedtime story in which he repeats in this video to the instagram audience but it's how baby torbit was met daddy and papa through mama megan um that we flew to texas to meet her and you know she asked if we would you know take care of him blah 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 so um we've made it a part of the story time the bedtime it's part of who we are and um you know the birth father in this case doesn't want to be um a part of his life that really that really Mm -hmm. frustrates me because i feel like you did the deed (laughs) (laughs) child in the world you owe just a little bit of something to this little guy or girl um so anyway i'm just i just want him to acknowledge that give torby um our our son that closure if you will or that opportunity to understand that he's still young he's seven so we've got that i know who he is I, i catalog information about him so that way in the coming years as torby gets older if he needs to know more want 
access more he can. But uh, it's a it's a remarkable gift that we have as humans to have compassion for other living beings. My mom, when we decided to do adoption, her her fear was much the same as mine. Could I love the, an adopted baby as much as if it was a bio baby? Mm. And it seems ridiculous now, uh, but it was priceless because that we got home from Texas with him uh, right before Christmas Day. My parents drove out here, my mom and stepfather, and my mom was sitting on the couch and she grabbed the little baby and she looked up at me and I knew exactly what she was saying and she said it. She goes, remember what I said and was worried about? Yeah, forget that. <laughs> <laughs> a baby is love. And for me, when I was in the room, when they yanked him violently from her stomach, I was like, I never understood what a C-section to me. I actually thought that would be nicer. No, holy shabushki. <laughs> wow. They rip him out of her stomach and she's, she's like, oh, is everything okay down there? <laughs> um, yeah, you're fine. You're just split open. Um, anyway. I, I knew instantly, cosmically, spiritually, I knew that that was my kid. And um, it's an amazing feeling. And I, I wish everybody who wants to experience that can get to experience that. Because I, I, I always thought it was weird when you read on the blogs all the time and everybody goes, it's the most amazing experience of my life. And it like, becomes like the, the common phrase, right? And then all of a sudden you're slapped in the face like, holy shit, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, you know, my wife's Filipino and, you know, it, it, in fact, that I've shared this before on the podcast, but it's like the first, I think the very first family portrait that we had done with our two Haitian kids and my half Filipino kids and my Filipino wife, and we posted this big 24-inch you know, photo, 30 inch photo up on the wall and the kids are looking back and they're like, wow, dad, you look adopted. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's so funny. Ongoing jokes. Like, yeah, we have an adopted dad, you know, and it's, <laughs> it's just kind of funny, but you, you, you know, guys are the United colors of Benetton. <laughs> yeah, we truly are. I mean, I, I, I tell people all the time we're truly international because my brother, um, he um, actually adopted two half Samoan, half American children. So, I mean, we got Pacific Islanders and Haitian yeah. and, and it's, we're just one big international family, but it's, it's really, I was actually talking to my brother about it once and it was before we had adopted our children. We were actually in the process and I asked him, I said, so it, is it different for you? Do you feel a true connection? And he goes, he goes, first of all, Jody, let me tell you something. He goes, number one, it, it is uh, amazing how they're just mine. I just know it in my whole core. I know it in my heart. I know it in my soul. They're every bit of mine. Yep. They just came to me different. God blessed them to me differently. And he goes, quite honestly, I hate it when people ask me that question. It's like, Definitely. please don't ask me that question. He goes, these are my children. Just because I adopted them doesn't mean that they're not my children. 
and and they have a great relationship with their birth mom and, and the birth dad. I mean, they've been really blessed with a great relationship, and they're they're pretty active in their life. But you know, I want to go back to something you said about the birth father because you know, having gone through kind of our experiences adopting, and I'm like, you have this great relationship with this young boy at seven. You know, and I'm just anticipating, and I'm in, and I'm projecting here. I'm going to admit it. I'm projecting mm-hmm. based on my experience, especially with my my adopted kids as they came into their teens. How they really struggled with some of that. You know, how come my dad let me go? You know, yeah. was I not good enough? You know, and and having the conflict of I really like this new dad. He's funny. He gets me. He's there for me. So what are you doing? And maybe it's not something easily articulated, but what are you doing to kind of create as much of a connection with your son to help him feel, you know what, your dad, me, I got your back. I love you. I'm a hundred percent here for you. And maybe the, you know, there well, for whatever reasons, you know, you were adopted, but I'm here for you. You know, I think that and the answer to that and my, my practice to that lies so much in my own relationship to my own birth father. Mm. Um, I largely feel abandoned by him, even though he was with me till seven years ago when we stopped speaking at my mom's funeral. Um, he in many ways, you know, emotionally abandoned me and kind of doesn't want to accept responsibility for that. So I have a choice. I can either let that take me down or I can just kind of turn that around, uh, make as much peace I, I can with it, uh, as a, as a son, as a, as a human, and then focus on being the best and most attentive father that I wished I had always had. Um, to set that record straight, my dad's a perfectly good person. He has a very different view and understanding of God's love <laughs> than I might. Um, he likes very different political views than I have. Um, you know, he's condemned me to hell more than once. I chose to just not stay around for that uh, treatment. Moving forward, uh, it's it's not even a it's not it doesn't even feel like a practice for me as much as I'm just present. And I love to do things and I love to be there with my kid. So why wouldn't it be easy for me to be a dad? Um, we just went back camping this weekend. My son loves to camp. We go back uh, skiing and snowboarding. He loves to be out there. I teach him how to read the maps when we're on the trails and to navigate. We take our compass. We watch the sun. We love to lay out underneath the stars and, and do those things. Some of those things are reminiscent of what my dad and used to do with my sister and I as kids. Um, and so those are quick little moments that I get to remind myself that my dad was there and there was good times. And I definitely take and embrace those times because um, I hate the feeling of abandonment. I want to feel like I had a father who was as amazing as I try to be for my kid. Now, in 20 or 30 years, we'll ask my son how well I did. <laughs> and he may have a whole different understanding. But um, I really just try to be present and um, I try to respond to him in ways that I might wish I was responded to, to, to ease any fear of abandonment, to let him know he's heard, that his opinion matters, 
that he will be loved no matter what. All he needs to do is be honest and respectful back. Um, so I, I really just try to combine the best of what my mom and my dad did give me and, and lead forth with that as a parent. You know, I, there's, there, you kept saying being present and what, what I've learned is, and even as I look back over my life, the people that had the biggest impact on my life, whether they were a father figure, a mother figure, a friend, a man, a woman, it doesn't matter, a boss, the people that had the biggest impact on me were I mean, when I was with them, they were 100% present and they made me feel loved, valued, precious, you know, just like when I was in their presence, it was like, it was all about me and them. And so you're, go you're, ahead. you're tapping on something that's really tricky for me right now. And I'm trying to renegotiate how this affects me and leads my parenting. And so if there's anybody else out there feeling this, tap in. Um, I am a single dad now in the midst of a hugely long, painful, ridiculous divorce. Uh, I run my business. My business is very demanding. And when I've got my, well, and now you add in COVID <laughs> so, <laughs> at home. So now I've got like eight jobs that I'm trying to do all at once. And my son will, he's so intuitive. He's so sensitive. And he will ask me, daddy, I think we need to get you another job. You work too hard and I just want you to have fun. Now, again, that's from a seven and a half year old's perspective in that great. <laughs> Um, I, again, I reference both my parents and they were both, you know, farmers and, and entrepreneurs. So they had a version of me. I am my parents. Uh, and I'm trying to like, okay, how would, how would I talk to my seven-year-old self in that way? Um, it's tricky. I don't know where I was going with this, but it's tricky. I, how do I be, oh, how do I be a present dad? Um, and it's tricky because I'm sitting here trying to work. So we, one of my versions is that he's got his laptop for school next to him and I've got mine next to him and I'm present. Hey buddy, we're both going to go to work right now. And you know, he kind of has that. So I do my best to re imagine what being present is for me because for him, he just wants to go camping, backpacking, swimming, you know, outside, whatever. Um, and that's a different kind of present, but um, yeah, and I love that example because, in fact, I was asked this question on another podcast about two weeks ago. They asked me, they said, how do you create life balance in your life? I'm like, I don't. Yeah, there's no balance. You, you, there's no way to to give 20% to, to family, 20% to work. There's 20% to, you know, your volunteer efforts, your eco-friendly, you know, whatever it is. There's no way to create a perfect balance between them all. So what I've learned is, is that when you are at work, you are 120% at work. You're heads down, you're zeroed in. When you're with your kids, the phone is off and you're 120% with your kids, right? And you're all in. But what I find is that most dads, they come home and what's the first thing they do? They turn on Sports Center, they go out in the garage and they start tooling around because they want their time. And so even if they are 
present in the house. They're absent in their involvement with the family. And so I've just tried to go look and it's, especially with COVID, you know, know, I'm in, in one of our smaller rooms right now where sometimes I come in just to be private, but for the majority of the day, I'm sitting at our kitchen table at one end and my daughter's sitting at the other end, right? She's at school, I'm at work. And so we're at work together, but I tell her, I'm like, look, if you're struggling, raise your hand and say, hey, dad, can you help me in a couple of minutes? And so I'm trying to create that crazy balance, which is virtually impossible, but she knows that I'm there. I'm trying to be physically as well as emotionally and mentally there because I know she needs me. Absolutely. And so as you're saying it, I I would have defaulted the same as you with the balance. And it it brought an idea into my mind that I use with my clients. I find that many clients generically um, unknowingly look for symmetry. And I think as a, as a, in in what this topic parenting, we're, we're looking at balance as symmetry that you would have to give 20, 20, 20, 20 to make that 100% tally. What I try to do is remind the client that we're looking for balance as a system. Does, if, if we've got, let's just take a, a TV center and we put the left bookshelves on the left and the right bookshelves on the right, we've got balance, right? Well, let's just say we wanna throw that off, be asymmetrical, but yet we're still going to find a aesthetic balance to that equation. So when you look at that, the, the whole, image is balanced and i'm taking that with what you're saying too we're finding the balance whatever that means aesthetically to to the equation and 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 covid is a pain when is this going away (laughs) holy crap i'm done with covid i signed up to be a parent not a parent with covid (laughs) (laughs) no and and i love that because i think a lot of parents single dads, single moms, you know, you know, parents that are both in the house, um, they struggle with, you know, trying to make sure that they're giving the right amount of attention. And, and I, and I often say, look, don't worry about the right amount. Just make sure that it's the right attention Yeah. because it's easy to, easy to get consumed with how much instead of going, you know, right now I'm going to give you everything I have. I may only have 30 minutes, but man, we're going to make this 30 minutes. Amazing. And I, I do exactly that with Torb. I, you know, I, okay, babe, it's five o'clock. I'm turning off my computer. I'm going to start dinner soon, but let's, you know, we have 20 minutes to go do something crazy fun that you want to do. You know, inevitably it's with Legos or something, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, now That's great. Uh, I, and, well, and I think too is, when you're doing that, your kid recognizes or they learn that there is a time to work. There's a right. time to clean the, the house. There's a cl- time to clean the kitchen and all that stuff. But there's also a time to play and there's a time to be present. And I think we need to do a better job as dads. And it sounds like you're doing a great job of trying to create that those opportunities. But we need to create those opportunities. It's like yesterday. You know, my daughter's like, hey, dad, can we go out in the in the boat and go, you know, wake surfing and tubing? And we're looking at the weather like, well, we're going to be racing a huge windstorm, right? So, but let's get out early and we'll 
get out. And we found this beautiful cove that was nice and protected. And so we spent like two and a half hours out there, three hours. And then the cove started getting windy and choppy. I'm like, man, we're, we're going to have to get off this lake. And so we're heading back. And I mean, it is white cap, <laughs> three foot wave. And the kids, you know, they're all hunkered down in the back of the boat trying to stay dry because this spray is <laughs> just coming over. And, you know, you can't see out of the windshield. And I'm wipe, wiping the water from my eyes. And, and the and the thing is, I'm thinking about this experience, and I know in 10 years, the kids are going to be going, hey, remember that one time we yep. went out and the waves were crazy? And, yep. and I think it's about creating those moments that your, kid, that your kids just feel like dad is all in. Yep. And not just all in in time, but all in in heart and in mind and go, hey, you know what? It's all about you and me today. Or for just this 20 minutes. Let's go crazy with Legos. I thought they can conceptualize at this point. I mean, again, Ed, for, for Torby, he's starting to get that age where the, the, the perspective is growing. But that's what they need in those early years. And that is that formative spot. Um, and their dads and moms need to be their heroes and their number ones and go to bat for them. And I think, you know, as much as my parents tried their best, they were young parents. Um, I was 36 or so when I had Torby. So I had a whole new, I mean, I, it was funny. I was realizing this earlier this year, I'm 43. Uh, my family's been all 20 year age gaps. So at my mom, when I was, she was 43, I was just about to graduate college. And when I started to think about that, I'm like, holy shit, I would have a 20 year old right now or so and so that really stopped me to go and look at the, the time and where we are and and what did my mom know i was a really responsible 20 year old <clears throat> excuse me what in the hell did my mom and dad know about raising a kid as a 20 year old <laughs> you know i was a good kid and it still took me into my 30s and now 40s to resolve a lot of stuff so i can't imagine having that and again we are products of our parents and uh so i just i'm grateful that i have this much more life experience and i'm a bit more grounded i know who i am better than i have ever had now and i'm so grateful that i get to give that to my son and hopefully it's the best part of me <laughs> uh, i love that so kind of in wrap up here because man you and i i can tell you and i could go for hours talking about this but what I have two questions. One, what has surprised you most about being a dad? And what are a few key things that you just think are critical for dads to do or be for their kids? Uh, I teach my son a lot about being honest. Um, that we have to be my, this is really a core to my uh, testament to my grandma um be honorable um to remind to to be loyal and loyal on honorability honesty those are those are really some of my bigger pieces um we didn't grow up learning a lot about boundaries as children um again we my mommy didn't understand boundaries herself i don't think my dad probably did either um so i've been learning as an adult what bound healthy boundaries are and so i try to 
instill some of those with my son. So that's kind of my own personalized thing. But I do think as a greater perspective, knowing what I wished I would have grown up, understanding a bit better, you know, because they become helpful tools of protecting you and others as you grow up. So those are probably my two kind of main areas that I would really stress on that. And then, as we've said, be present, be loving, be honest to your kid. You know, don't expect the honesty from them, but also deliver it to them and treat them as if they understand because they often do. They can't articulate it. They don't have the big fancy words and adults, you know, one of the, one of the things that I've loved so much about having him is getting to re-experience the world through his eyes the little simple things and how they excite him. Yeah. Um, and, and, and when he starts putting all those puzzle pieces of the complicated world and it just, if you stop and take that moment, be present, it can just make your heart warm. And so, yeah, those are, that's the pieces I would really stress on people to just enjoy. I, I love that. And it's, it's, I love that you said, you know, it brings you back to your own discovery as a child. And, you know, my kids are now transitioning into going to college and building their careers and traveling the world. And it's like, wow, it's the, not only revisiting it for myself, but seeing them make the choices and go, Oh, dad, I'm going to go do this. And I'm like, dude, go fly, try it. You know, it's just amazing. And, and I've really enjoyed watching my kids just kind of take those leaps and go, dad, I'm going to go to LA and I'm going to be a model and I'm going to be an actor or dad, I'm going to go travel to Europe. And I'm like, good on you, go get it done. Or I'm going to go play volleyball. And it's just, it's fun because you, you know, it, if you embrace those moments, it recaptures and reinvigorates your own love of life. It does. It does. And, and again, I think that's part of being present. It's part of practicing kind of uh, a centeredness and a balance. Um, Cause if we kind of maintain that thread of balance uh, of presence in our life, um, I think things tend to just stay a little more even and uh, hopefully a little more happy and find the joy in things. Cause it's a shitty world out there. It's easy to get bogged down and drained. Um, so I think if we take those little nuggets of joy and, and build on those, you know, we can have a little more fun. That's great. Well, thank you so much, man. I, I've really, really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, and, no, uh, thank you for reaching out. I can't believe you would find the one TikTok video that we posted. It <laughs> makes me like, oh, we have to go post some more. <laughs> yeah, it's just fun. You know, it's it's TikTok and Instagram have been great opportunities for for me to connect with fellow yeah. like-minded like-minded men are trying to be great dads and so those of you guys listening i would invite you to go check him out it's danny or daddy and you can check him out at dznr dad so designer dad um, because he's a designer he also has a design company architecture company and just yeah so go check him out on youtube instagram and uh, tiktok and you can check them out at Designer Dad. So thanks again for taking the time to visit with me. It, it truly is fun to watch you with your son. Thank and you. And I, I can see there's a lot of love there. So 
Yeah, we'll have to come up, up and bug you and get that boat trip. <laughs> you know what? I would love to have you. I mean, if you guys come up to Idaho, we will take you out in the boat. We can take you whitewater rafting. You just, you name it, and we'll we'll have some fun together. So I love it. Well, yeah, thank well, you so much, and uh, thanks to your listeners. That's pretty cool. Yeah, well, thank you. And those of you tuning in, thank you so much for – for tuning in every week. I mean, it really is a joy to, to talk to other men that are trying to be great dads. If there's anything that I can do for you or a topic that you'd like me to talk about, please give me a shout. I just did a, 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 a series on my experience with suicide and that really was an eye-opening experience to reflect on that. And I got phenomenal feedback from you guys. So thanks again for doing that, uh, for tuning in. Uh, but yes, if there's something weighing on your heart that we need to talk about, let me know and we will we'll talk about it. So as always, thank you guys for tuning in and we will check you same time, same bat channel just next week right here on Father's Fire. See ya!